0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. So today I wanted to take some time to talk about social justice issues as they relate to having borderline personality disorder. There is just so much pain in the world around us, isn't there? I have met people who considered themselves mentally well and stable, even people with BPD in remission and recovery doing well, who were negatively impacted by COVID and many other events occurring both in this country and in the world in general. Many have reached out to me for help and support with depression, anxiety, and the like in direct response to these events. In addition, people with BPD, well, We love social justice platforms let's be real because social injustice is just so troubling for us i remember being a little kid laying awake at night upset that people were homeless or didn't have enough food to eat and not knowing what to do with those big emotions when i grew into a teenager i latched onto social injustices and finding means to correct these as part of my identity Some people may say that this is a normal part of development, though I always felt it to be hyperbolic in nature for me. Even as a young therapist, I wanted to save the world, so to speak. I had worked at a residential facility for children with autism and witnessed abuse of the children that were nonverbal and in wheelchairs. I entered a doctoral program on the platform that I was going to open a facility for individuals with autism where there was no abuse. Only hiring people who were good people. Not even sure in retrospect, like, how would I have even screened for that? I'm sure everyone presents themselves as a good person. That's besides the point. But that was my goal. And I was going to do it. I believed I was going to do it. Then I became a mental health tech on the adolescent wing of a local mental health inpatient facility. And the girls there were so lost. Some had no parents. And others had parents that would just leave them there they would just drop them off sign over the rights to the state and leave them at this facility it was heartbreaking to me how can someone do that how could someone just leave their own child i wanted to open a facility for adolescents where everyone was loved and cared for and at peace i remember hearing about racial injustices and tyranny and oppression in university classes I would cry thinking of other people hurting. I always felt that even though I had all these big dreams, it would never be enough to help heal the whole world. And here we are, amidst crisis after crisis. It seems on a global scale. So what do we do with those big emotions and ideas and thoughts and feelings? How do we overcome depression and anxiety as a result of the things happening in the world around us? Well, first I want to say that during the times where I had witnessed the abuse in the autism facility or the abandonment in the mental health hospital, I also myself had an eating disorder. I had a negative self-image, a chaotic mind, and an inability to connect with others on a deep level and no idea who I was in terms of identity. I could not regulate my emotions well in my personal life, nor could I manage to even brush my teeth or clean my room. I have this vision of myself laying amongst piles of clothes with gum disease. I'm sure listening to music loudly, alternating between crying and worrying about what I could do to help the world around me as a teen and like even into early adulthood, I would feel this way. I eventually began thinking on a more micro level, maybe just because I grew up and I was also training at the time as a therapist. So I was looking at how people could improve their relationships. I was on research teams and reading books about these things, trying to learn how to help others, while also in an abusive relationship, making impulsive choices and being tyrannical towards myself and towards my mother. So what's wrong with all of this? Well, I was a hypocrite and a bigot because I lacked self-awareness. I didn't realize it. You know, I definitely wasn't walking around thinking to myself like, oh, you're a hypocrite. You probably shouldn't help anyone else. But if you define hypocrite and bigot, let's define it. A hypocrite is someone who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings And a bigot is a person who is intolerant of opinions, lifestyles, or identities that are different from his or her own. So on an interpersonal level, I was definitely a hypocrite because I wasn't able in my own life to fix what was broken, but I sure could tell others how to fix what was broken. And I was a bigot because I had my own beliefs and expectations about how the world should run, how I could heal the world, and I wasn't open to many other ideas. I claimed I was, but I would argue in defense of myself and not let things go until I perceived that I had won. When I got even more into my recovery journey, I realized that I was intolerant of opinions of the people I dated, of Jay even. I was also a hypocrite as a parent. I would tell my son he was being impulsive one minute and then dance around in the house and skip dinner for froyo, frozen yogurt the next. In all honesty, I wasn't able to impact world change or any change in a real way before recovery because I was saying one thing and acting completely opposite to that. I felt chaotic as a result, and I would go hard into a social justice movement and crash and burn because I was a mess inside. I don't want to tell you to give up the things you are passionate about because you have mental illness. No way. I also don't want to tell you to give up the social justice platforms because you can't do anything to change it. No way to that, too. I do want to tell you today that if you want to impact the world around you and see real social change occur, you must first learn how to organize your inner chaos so you can be impactful. People with BPD can do such amazing things with the kind of passion they have. Think about it. Imagine you as the stable version of yourself, but with a hyperbolic temperament, just executing every goal so that you can impact change in your family, in your community, in your state, or even globally, if that's your aim. I mean, aim high. Jordan Peterson talks about the importance of cleaning your room as a metaphor before you try to change the world. I agree wholeheartedly. Some things people come to me about that trouble them are injustice, inequality, tyranny, tyranny, bigotry, hypocrisy. These are troubling things, yes. Though I urge you to ask yourself whether or not you, on an interpersonal level, have a hard time not engaging in these behaviors. So once again, what do we do with these big emotions and ideas and thoughts and feelings? How do we overcome depression and anxiety as a result of the things happening in the world around us? Here is a three-step formula to shift your focus from the world around you to the things you can control in order to prepare yourself to impact change on a larger scale as the hyperbolic and capable version of yourself. I don't know why I said three-step formula. This is actually a six-step formula. Apologies, guys. All right. Number one, I want you to list out everything that is currently troubling you. What are all of the things that upset you when you're scrolling through social media or watching the news or, you know, talking to people about current events? Is it inequality? Is it slavery? Is it free speech? Is it getting rid of tyranny? Is it the eradication of narcissism? Is it ending stigma around BPD? Is it educating people about child abuse? Step two, pick one of these issues to focus on first, just one. Practice letting go of everything else for now by containing it. Imagine putting it in a container and putting it away. Shelving it, as people say. Meditating. Breathing through it. And recognizing that change must occur within you in order for you to be able to make the difference that I know you can make in the world around you. Step three, ask yourself hard questions and be honest in your self evaluation. If you chose equality, for example, are your close relationships based on equality? Do you engage in reciprocal interactions in relationships? Do you believe that your partner or your favorite host should have equal rights to space as you do? What about emotional space? When you're in an episode, are you practicing the skills you need to maintain this level of equality so that you can teach others how you learn to do it? Remember, be honest in your self-evaluation. I would have been a hypocrite talking about equality prior to recovery because the very nature of having BPD means taking up all or most of the space in a relationship, which is a small example of my own inability to offer equality to the people I claimed I love the most. Let's say slavery and oppression are things you tend to focus on, read about, and want to change both past and present. Think about your own life. What does freedom mean to you? Do you feel free in your everyday life? How about in an episode? Are you free? What if I told you that anything you are controlled by, you are a slave to? Would you tell me that you are a slave to your own emotions? I know I was. I had no idea what it meant to be free because I never acknowledged and understood my own power of choice. Emotions ruled my thoughts and actions. I was allowing my inability to regulate my emotions, to enslave and maybe even oppress me. If my choices are made based on avoiding emotions and based on a strong, impulsive, emotional reaction, rather than an actual, thought-out response, how am I free? How can I even talk about freedom if I don't know what it means? And remember, I'm talking about on an interpersonal level, right? A micro level. How about BPD stigma and tyranny? Are you someone who fights against the idea that recovery is possible? Or do you advocate that everyone should just accept their illnesses? Do you cringe when you hear someone you love is reading that book like, uh, what's it called? a Walking on eggshells? Are you trying the best you can to become someone with a stable identity? Are you paying attention to your own tendency towards tyranny, especially in an episode, whether it be directed inward towards yourself or towards those around you? How about wanting to stay away from like this buzzword toxic people? Everything is toxic, right? Well, how about you? Are you toxic in an episode? Doesn't having a favorite person, someone who you rely on for your own happiness, indicate toxicity in relationship? Okay, so I think you're all getting my point here. And I just, I want everyone to be aware of the fact that there are real horrible injustices in the world happening. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. So I'm in no way minimizing that. I'm saying that Step three is to ask yourself hard questions and be honest in your self evaluation so that you can one day impact change. All right, number four. Once you've done all of the self reflection and you've chosen the thing that you're going to work on in your own life, I want you to embark on your journey and record it. If you chose a topic and found After honest self-evaluation that you need to work on your life before you can impact change in society, start focusing in on that skill and record your journey. After all, your story itself can become a beacon of light in a community of people suffering. Every time you feel yourself getting lost on social media, in conversations or posts about social injustices, notice this and become mindfully aware of shifting your focus from a macro, so large to a micro, small level. Remind yourself that you can absolutely impact the world around you once you have figured out how to do it yourself. If you experience anxiety and depression as a result of these issues, focusing on the things you can control is a great start to recovery. Step five, take yourself seriously. Believe in your own capability. Be brave when things get tough. Clean your room, brush your teeth, and keep going even when you make mistakes. Remember that others will take you seriously when you take yourself seriously, therefore improving your ability to impact change in the world around you. Step six, aim high. Once you feel that you are able to be genuine in the skills that you have developed on an interpersonal level, aim high. Get back out into the world and start teaching others what you have learned. Take your passion and run with it. I believe that this community of people Our hyperbolic neurodivergent community has such potential to help others and to impact change, though we cannot do this successfully and in a sustainable way until we can help ourselves. So thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the Q&A. today's Q&A is a question about the different types of BPD, specifically quiet BPD. So I've received so many questions about this lately and I'm going to address it briefly, but I will do a more comprehensive episode on the different types of BPD and specifically quiet BPD. But until we get there and we do that, I wanted to tell you what I believe quiet BPD is. So i talk a lot about like my own anger and rage and sort of me being like a very explosive person and I was like very abrasive explosive um so quiet BPD is not that it's not going to be someone who's like outwardly tyrannical or someone who is like um uh, aggressive or abrasive Or, you know, like blunt in in harmful ways. Quiet BPD is actually going to be the same. But all of that energy and anger and emotion is going to be directed inward. So someone with quiet borderline personality disorder is instead of, you know, when like they get angry or upset in an episode, instead of being a tyrant towards other people, they might be that way toward themselves. Punishing themselves, you know, like closing off dissociating but really not telling anyone about it and really keeping all that stuff inside self mutilating um and just like i said you know the same behavioral patterns exist with bpd in the traditional sense versus quiet bpd but it's really directed inwards towards the self So if you've been listening to the podcast all along and there are things that you personally can't relate to because you have more quiet BPD, see, if you can't relate to the behavior, can you relate to the behavioral concept? For example, tyranny. We talk about how um, people with BPD in an episode, what we do is we become like very controlling and tyrannical. So ask yourself, is that a behavioral pattern that you engage in in a quiet way? Maybe you're passive-aggressive. Or maybe you, like I said, become sort of a tyrant over yourself. Maybe you have an eating disorder, something like anorexia, where you start to control what's put in your body as a means to punish yourself. So that's really the difference. And it's important that I say that my approach on the podcast and sometimes things that I don't say contextually is that behavior is something that's patterned. So everyone on this spectrum, let's say, of like CPTSD and BPD, we all have very similar behavioral patterns, although they look different because of individual differences. So that's really all I want to say on the topic for now. And like I said, I want to get more in depth in this as season two progresses, because it's something that I know you're all very curious about. So Send in any questions you have about the different types of BPD, and I'll put that all into one episode or do one specific one with quiet BPD. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, Thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body, LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday.